0: Welcome to Beyond the Boardroom with me, Kieran Paul, where we always sit down to discuss the latest edition of our magazine, Insightia Monthly. As ever, joining me today to discuss the June edition is its editor, Rebecca Sherritt. So welcome, Rebecca.
1: Hi, Kieran. Happy to be here.
0: So this month, we explore the influence of proxy advisors on investor voting, And this, Rebecca, is a topic which has been subject to long-standing debate, I hear.
1: Yeah. The debate over proxy advisors, which provide fund managers with recommendations on how to vote at shareholder meetings, and the question of whether they hold too much influence over investor voting, is a tale as old as time. Institutional shareholder services and Glass-Lewis, which are the two big players in the proxy advisor business, together hold a roughly 90% hold over the US market which of course is a tremendous level of influence and reach. In line with this, the rise of passive investing has only increased fears of fund managers blindly following the advice of proxy advisors when casting their votes at shareholder meetings. After all, examining each individual company's circumstances and each and every proposal is no easy feat. Issuers have also picked up on this and can be quick to blame Glass-Lewis or ISS for adverse recommendations when their remuneration reports or specific director elections, perhaps, face significant opposition from investors. Such concerns became so pronounced that in 2020, the SEC adopted the proxy rules for proxy voting advice rule to ensure that investment advisors are acting in the best interests of shareholders. In November, however, the SEC staff announced that it was debating further regulatory action amid concerns that the rule was overly restrictive and cumbersome. So, in the US at least, the jury is still out in regard to proxy advisors and whether their level of influence is potentially a cause for concern. In looking at the voting trends of leading investors, we did indeed find that proxy advisors seem to be gaining more influence as the years go on. BlackRock, Vanguard and State Street, just as an example, are voting more closely in line with proxy advisor recommendations on management proposals like say-on-pay and director elections year-on-year. BlackRock matched with 92% of ISS4 recommendations on US say-on-pay proposals in 2021, compared to 89.6% and 91% in 2019 and 2020 respectively. Although correlation between proxy advisor recommendations And the voting of leading investors on ESG shareholder proposals has historically been more varied. In 2021, this wasn't really the case. In fact, investors voted in line with proxy advisor recommendations a significant amount more last year. BlackRock matched with ISS4 recommendations on US environmental shareholder proposals 71% of the time in 2021, a pretty hefty increase compared to the 46% aligned with in 2019 and 2020 respectively, and other leading investors are following suit. While this could be a sign that more and more nowadays investors and advisors are on the same page on a lot of issues, especially asg related ones, regulators still have their hands full deciding that fine line between what is a suitable level of proxy advisor influence and what's potentially a dangerous level of influence.
0: And in this edition of the magazine, we also learn more about Legal and General Investment Management's ethnic diversity on board's campaign, which you say was quite the success.
1: It was indeed. This month, we were very pleased to interview John Hepner, Legal and General's head of US Stewardship and Sustainable Investing, who shares with us some more information on its ethnic diversity campaign and plans for the future. In 2020, Legal and General took quite the ambitious formal policy position, requiring FTSE 100 and S&P 500 companies to add one ethnically diverse director to their boards by the 2022 proxy season. The fund managers sent out letters to 79 focus companies in total, which at that time lacked ethnic diversity on their boards. Now, less than two years on, only three companies have yet to strengthen their diverse representation. So it's safe to say the campaign's certainly been a success. John also shared with us Legal and General's thoughts on the 2022 proxy season so far, and whether environmental shareholder proposals are becoming too prescriptive, as well as why independent board chairs are integral to good governance.
0: What else do our readers have to look forward to in this month's issue?
1: The first of this month's in-depth articles explores the evolution of the Say on Climate campaign, which... Unfortunately, it's proving to pose more and more of a greenwashing risk as time goes on. The Say on Climate campaign, which seeks to provide shareholders with an annual advisory vote on corporate climate transition plans, has been adopted by a fair few European banks, alongside various European and Australian energy giants. But plans are continuing to win near unanimous support from investors this year, despite many of them being woefully misaligned with Paris Agreement Goals. Just to name a few examples, Barclays and Standard Charters' climate plans featured loopholes to ensure continued fossil fuel financing for many years to come. This was something that Responsible Investment Organisation ShareAction tried very hard to make clear to shareholders ahead of both banks' annual meetings, but pleas for investors to oppose both plans largely fell on deaf ears. Ultimately, both companies' climate plans won upwards of 80% support at their 2022 annual meetings. And the story is much the same in Australia, where weak climate plans have faced increased opposition, yet still gone on to win majority support. Deficient plans at Santos and Woodside Energy Group received the green light from investors this year, despite efforts for market forces to hold both oil majors accountable for failing to sufficiently address their substantial scope 3 emissions. Given the continued support that these weak plans continue to receive, it isn't hard to see why the say on climate campaign is facing mounting pushback from investors. While the campaign aims to do good by giving shareholders the chance to have their say on corporate climate plans, it has also made greenwashing an all-too-real risk. Our second in-depth this month examines the growing trend of directors initiating proxy fights this season. We have the case of two Lifeway Foods directors trying to oust CEO Julie Smolianski, while Aerojet Rocketdyne Chair Warren Lichtenstein is also engaged in a heated battle with his fellow board members. The jury's still out as to whether this is a sustainable trend or we'll see more, but the general consensus seems to be that insider battles for board control are certainly no easy feat costing a significant amount of money, and rarely ending well for the would-be activist.
0: And I always like to ask you this, Rebecca. Are there any other interesting trends that we haven't covered that you have come across in the past month?
1: Yeah. US say on pay proposals are facing some hefty opposition this year, more so than in previous years, and revolts are coming especially quick and fast among the S&P 500s. Average support for S and P say-on-pay proposals has dropped to 88.2% so far this year, as of the end of May. In comparison, average support in 2020 and 2021 was 89.8% at 88.5%, respectively. The rise in opposition towards S and P 500 pay packages is more than likely often due to excessive CEO payouts, with companies like J.P. Morgan. Intel, and Coca-Cola all facing hefty revolts, specifically due to CEO pay being significantly misaligned with median employee pay or company performance, if not both. In the two years since the start of the pandemic, companies have now had time to adjust to the new challenges they face, and investors won't be as understanding or lenient when compensation packages provide outsized rewards without sufficient justification.
0: Thank you, Rebecca. Now, last month on the show, we had Ayesha Mustagny of the California State Teachers Retirement System. She told us about its role in the Engine Number no. One and ExxonMobil campaign, as well as her proudest moments. Here, she discusses its path to net zero. Calsters, last uh, September, our board uh, made a pledge that we want to achieve a net zero investment portfolio uh, by 2050. And, you know, we think that this is just part of our holistic approach to achieving net zero. You know, we're supporting a global movement to not only get our portfolio to net zero, but hopefully the economy to net zero. Aligning the actions of the world's governments, companies and investors to achieve net zero not only for our portfolio, but also for the planet. As for today, that's it for this episode. Make sure, though, you subscribe to Insightia Monthly by emailing subscriptions at insightia.com. And don't forget the plethora of free special reports available to you on our website. The latest one is all about shareholder activism in Asia. I'm Kieran Paul. Thanks for listening.